2: What's going on guys? Welcome to another episode of Pure Pleasure with Dewey Halpas on Adobe Radio and Jabberjaw Media. I am Dewey, your host with the most bringing bring you more great content week after week. This week we have an old buddy of mine from Alaska. A lot of you probably know who he is, Mr. Ryan Soli from the Builders and the Butchers. He's also from the Born Losers, a band we talk about a bit on the show. Used to play with my old high school and right after high school punk band Nice guy Eddie back in Alaska. Uh, we get into some funny shit on this episode. Uh, we've known each other a long time, kind of lived together at one point uh, when I was crashing at his place in between tours for a while. All sorts of hilarity. Uh, his daughter makes a few appearances on the show, <laughs> bringing us cupcakes and, or excuse me, muffins that they had made that evening. We did it over at Ryan's house here in Portland. Uh, which is an amazing house. We had a sweet little man cave downstairs where we did the episode. And so, like I've said before on the show, I love these in-person interviews. They're a lot lot more personable. There's body language. I mean, it just feels a lot more real than on the phone or Skype or any of that stuff. But sometimes that's all you have. But my buddy Ryan Soley has had a very successful music career with the Builders and the Butchers. They're still doing a lot of shows where they do fly-in dates or go to Europe or, you know, all of them have families and jobs and everything else and and just know what it takes to keep going and just making some amazing music. Um, I've always looked up to Ryan from day one. Uh, He was always older and always into different things than we were, and I always admired him for that because a lot of people in our scene went the same direction most of the time. It was a very incestuous kind of scene where everyone just kind of gravitated towards something and then would, you know, laugh about it later. But Anyway, so when all the bands were coming down doing Screamo stuff, he was doing this crazy like kind of backwoods Americana, like really, really cool stuff. Anyway, so enough about that. We're going to get into the episode here. We are on purepleasurepodcast.com. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter. We are on Facebook. Everywhere podcasts are available. Uh, Apple Podcasts, definitely rate and subscribe. Tell a friend. I know you guys do that already, but I always say it just so I can drive it into your minds to do so every single week. Uh, rockabilia.com, over 500,000 items in stock, ready to be purchased, licensed band merchandise. I'm sure you could probably find some of the builders and butchers merch on there. Um, I know they just released a new t-shirt with the original first album cover, which had been requested quite a bit. Um, you can definitely f- check out their socials for that information, but Rockabilia.com definitely helps out the show, helps out the network. They've been sponsoring the show and network for months and months and months. Uh, and the code for 15% off is PCJabberjaw, so head on over to Rockabilia.com now and pick yourself up some sweet, licensed, official merchandise. All right, guys, without further ado, let's get into my conversation with my good friend, Ryan Soley from The Builders and The Butchers. <laughs>
1: If you're ever looking for a couch that's similar to this, uh, Salvation Army in Gresham.
2: Salvation Army in Gresham, the family store.
1: The family store.
2: The family store. They have these couches. (laughs) These are, they just have them?
1: Yeah, this company doesn't accept returns, so they, as a public service, they just send them back to the Salvation (laughs) Army, and they're fucking amazing. And it's like this weird hack. Okay. Of, of,
2: you know, cool, good They do couches. that with mattresses at the Goodwill and everything else. But...
1: I wonder about a Goodwill mattress. I've had one. I've,
2: uh, <laughs> I've had one. My mom bought it for me, and uh, we gave it to my sister-in-law, and she referred to it as the Book of Mormon, because it felt like sleeping on a Book of Mormon, like it was literally that hard. And oh rigid and yeah.
1: I thought you were I thought it would be like the kind of sex that's happened on that Goodwill mattress would be like Mormon esque in its in its conservative nature.
2: The, the dirtiest, <laughs> most repressed sex oh, ever.
1: Yeah. yeah, you took it a diff- I'm just thinking they're like all missionary <laughs> And no, you're like nope. It's it's a whole nother thing. Just pee in me. Just, just pee in oh me. Oh my god, that's what the mattress says. It
2: has a slit on the side. Just Peter, man. Just oh pee my her. god. You're already soaking it. Just yeah. Just. It. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's not sex. Yeah.
1: I'm good, sweetie. But thank you.
2: I'm I'm good with the one that I have. Thank you very much. Thank you, Clementine. Do you want to say hi? Do you want to say hi on the interview on the microphone? to all the people. Come on over. Ladies and gentlemen, Clementine. Hi.
1: <laughs> that's very sweet, honey. What kind Thanks. of muffins
2: are these? Poppy seed? Mhm. Man, that's good. I got a drug test tomorrow. Mhm. Starting a new job. I love you, sweetie. Bye.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. So just to, just to make things clear, <laughs> we were not having that conversation with my daughter in the room. Just, she came into the room from a whole other part of the house, just be honored, Out of e- out of earshot. <laughs> Jesus.
2: We are in the basement uh, yeah, right. of this fantastic home here uh, in Portland, Oregon. Uh, of our minds. <laughs> so one more thing before we before we get into everything else, I saw the weirdest thing on the way over here. I was here. About, I was about ten minutes early, and so okay. I. Full disclosure: I pulled over and just waited because I didn't know if like bedtime was going on or what. Totally. Like we had that set time, so I didn't want to show up, ring the doorbell, and hey, kid's totally. still up. I pull over. This person looks at me and turns their car around, whips it around, and parks in front of the car. Okay, I'm like okay, maybe they're going to visit somebody. Maybe they're looking for the address. They get the guy gets out. He's mm. in the middle of the street on his cell phone. Then you see all this commotion in the car, and his kid gets out. This little okay. Kid comes around the car, they're both standing in the middle of the street looking at the ground, and then I look down, there's a turtle running across the street. No,
1: there's not!
2: Yes, a turtle running across the street, but the weirdest part was, I was like, okay, he's on his phone, like, probably asking what do I do, like, animal control or something, like, hey, there's a turtle lost here, and they're trying to be sweet and Mm -hmm. save the turtle's life from getting killed. Mm -hmm. So, initially, that's my thought. Then, (laughs) the guy is so focused on the turtle, like, his kid's probably five years old, in Mm -hmm. the middle of the street with him with no shoes on. Mm -hmm. And they're maybe affluent a little bit. It was a nice rig and nice clothes. It wasn't like uh, some dude and his kids getting out of a van. But a car speeds around the corner and he grabs the turtle and runs with it and leaves his kid in the fucking street. (laughs) Doesn't even turn around for him. The kid ends up running after him but the kid almost got clipped by the car and I'm like what is going on here? He literally picks up the turtle like this and just like daintily runs off the street with it like he doesn't want to drop it. That's a story that I wish that I don't even know what to say. That's amazing, though. It's That's crazy. Yeah. And then he puts it on the sidewalk, and then they just get back in the car. I'm gonna. We should go after this. We should go on a turtle hunt. <laughs> <laughs> I it was going. It was like literally just like flapping around the the oh. whole thing. But this whole this whole like turtle thing brings me back to an okay. a story we'll talk about later. But because <laughs> you and I have known each other a long time, mm-hmm. and uh, for those listening, this is Ryan Soley from Builders and the Butchers, Born mm-hmm. Losers just a, a man about town man about, about everywhere but i want to talk about later on i want to <laughs> talk about the piranhas okay let's talk At about the house the piran- i yeah. want to talk about this, this this whole amphibious thing I, yeah. you also had turtles i, believe. I had turtles we I briefly lived with you in a basement at the brick shit house. We'll talk about yep. that. Uh, but this whole turtle thing was like this premonition of wow, everything. This just solidified like it, two major topics. It's fucking just. I love it when cosmically <laughs> shit is on on point. Yeah, it's know? literally at the end of your block. Yeah, that's that's great. where all this happened. Was it up the hill? No, is so it, if you go down the hill to Fremont, it was on yeah, Fremont. Yeah, on Fremont. Right, right at the corner.
1: Yeah, there are a lot of turtles around. No, no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: there's a turtle farm somewhere yeah. around here so people yeah turtle turtle mill
1: well speaking of those turtles do you want to talk about the turtles later
2: we can't we can talk about it I mean this is just is free form because okay. you and I have known each other so long okay there is no structure here like this was just gonna be a fun but we'll get to everything but
1: well I I you know those turtles that we lived with I put them on Craigslist when I just didn't I couldn't have turtles anymore and um <laughs> I put that's, him on Craigslist. You're not supposed to do that, but you, but I did it, uh-huh. and I got the first call I got was a guy, I don't know where he was from, but he had a thick accent from somewhere. Yeah, and he goes, how how big are the turtles? And I was like, you know, they're adult sized. And he was like, okay. And I was like, how big is how big is your tank? And he's like, oh, I don't need a tank. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like and i was like click turtle soup you're not eating my turtles dude
2: oh are they juicy well yeah yeah what do you feed them (laughs) you don't want to know do you pee on them dude all the time uh i've been told turtles you can't touch them or you can get salmonella is this bullshit
1: i think that if you were to like touch them and then lick your hands a lot okay like i think if like a I think if like a three year old is touching turtles and mm-hmm. doing, that's not a good thing. But I think if you just wash wash your turtle hands,
2: okay, don't be a dirt bag about the turtles. <laughs> I know it's hard. Spe- <laughs> Speaking of dirt bags, and today my daughter, uh, <laughs> she <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> she. <laughs> We were hanging out today. We're at Winco shopping for groceries. And Mm -hmm. she's like, you know, grabbing all this stuff. Like, we're putting meat in the cart or whatever. And she's grabbing a hamburger and all this stuff. And then she's like playing around the coolers where they have all the meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's literally like, oh, man, my hands are all all cold. Blah, blah, blah. It starts oh licking God. her hands. Oh. And I was like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm warming my hands up. I, By licking uh, them? Oh, I don't know what's more
1: horrifying, the meat or like the people hands that have been in yeah. there grabbing for the meat.
2: Because Winco's dicey on meat. It's, it comes from like Chile, who knows how long that pork took to get here, but- it's cheaper
1: if it comes from chile it's that's good for winco it comes from hell it's like the meat of (laughs) shit shit it's the fucking worst
2: it's all the roadkill that's yeah lived a horrible life and went to hell
1: i have a i have a weird shopping thing i can't be in a store for more than like seven minutes
2: so you I, don't have a Costco card is what you're no, telling me. Okay, God. perfect. I get anxiety in there, man. Oh, my God.
1: I'm just like, literally, it's the only place where I feel like I'm dying
2: Yeah, is the
1: store. But that's not here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> that's just there. Oh, God.
2: Okay, so I, I'm going to go back to my first memory of you because you and I met through music. Yep. Uh, you were an Anchorage guy. I was a Wasilla guy. Yeah, all of us were. So we never really hung out together in Alaska. It was always like at shows.
1: That's a common story about Portland musicians.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yes. Everyone kind of moved down this way. We moved down because it was cheaper than Seattle, and yeah. we had friends that we could stay with for the meantime.
1: That's and that's also common. Like yeah. It's Portland used to be the
2: cheap little island. Mm-hmm. And we had, uh, I mean. You and I played shows. Uh, Nice Guy Eddie was our band in Alaska, just a high school punk band uh, trying to be Green Day, then trying to be Blink-182, trying to be whoever. And you guys were always different. Like, you guys had this different sound. And at the time, we hadn't heard, like, Garage Rock, like Mercy Devils and shit like that. We had not heard that. So I was like, dude, these guys are crazy. Like, what? What is this? You know, like, we heard you guys first. Um, And that's the Born Losers. And uh, Gabe and and uh, Ben and everyone. Mm-hmm. Anyway, a lot of good people. Alaska band people are amazing. Like I, I mean, it's just such a good group of people, and everyone kind of stays friends. And either yeah. whether it's on the outside or or like close circle. Um, but the first memory I have that I could go back to was when you guys went on. I think it was the Fairview Rec Center. I don't think we played gigs together. Um, I think it was the Fairview Rec Center, and. The dead baby jokes. Oh and yeah. I was like, dude, this guy is fucked up. <laughs> cause, <laughs> Cause your stage presence is amazing. And but it's also like if your first time seeing you, it's like, dude, this guy's fucking crazy. And then Ben's <laughs> fucking crazy. Like it was just it was it was madness. But then the dead baby jokes, I was like, oh my God. I didn't know how I felt about him at the time. Well, sure. And then, <laughs> that's the whole point of yes. a dead baby joke is exactly. to make you feel bad. You had so many of them, though. <laughs> like it just it, and people were laughing, and I ended up laughing by the end because like, right. this is great.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I don't tell. Like I think that you grow. I mean, I don't know if if uh, other people who tell dead baby jokes can speak to this <laughs> better than me. <laughs> But I feel like you kind of grow out of dead baby jokes. But yeah. then I feel like you turn like maybe 75. And then you kind of have license <laughs> to, to do them again. <laughs> you know, maybe someday you could kind of like be like, yeah, I, I've got it. I'm fine with that. But I think that um, the whole thing about being, for me, about being like punk in a punk band was just like be offensive on every, like push it. Yeah. So if that means... If, if I'm around, let's say I'm around a bunch of jocks that don't like gay people, I'm going to yeah. act super gay just yeah. to push it. Or if I'm around people who I think are... Conservative, whatever. I'm gonna tell a dead baby joke. Just not because I believe in the joke, but because mm-hmm. I'm there to offend. Like the whole point is to offend. Yeah. Uh. So yeah.
2: You can do some. You can do some damage, but you can also do some some amazing things when you do that because it yeah. forces someone's mind to expand. Yeah, totally. Beyond their comfort zone, and that was always so fun because. Oh, Alaska, I I am convinced is a few years behind. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's <laughs> you're right there. Fashion to music to everything, yeah. and they, everyone thinks like I, it's weird to say now. Playing so many shows in my life, and you have too. Right? How? Uh, it's I, like, I don't know how to say it. How important every show is to abandon Alaska like they are prepping for it what yeah. they eat that day like yeah. it's like they're going on stage for a billion people
1: yeah I, I any band you open for this has been my experience at least any band you're opening for who's from out of state half of your set is just you looking at the band that you're opening for hoping that they like you <laughs> cuz it's so it's such a big deal it's yeah. like i can't believe we get to like do this with this band who's a thing from somewhere else yeah um yeah, I remember I like when we opened for the Mercedes Devils at Coots, Shokut Charlie's, If you're not from Alaska, this it's a horrible place, but they used to have some good shows. Um I like had to I shit like six times in the gas station across the street. <laughs> I was so nervous. I like had the Chevron just like every 5 minutes. I mean, I got to go again, guys. I Jesus, I, 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 I can't hold off. anything in. I was like it was like a Mercedes Devils colon- colonic <laughs> uh by the end of the night it was amazing (laughs) but uh but yeah that's you're right it's a big deal everything it's like you're you're in and it's like holy shit so i think you don't take shows for granted it's a different like even seeing a show there of a band like you just you go wild like it's like a it's like special
2: yeah yeah it absolutely is and it's it's so strange like and I mean everything from those pre pre show rituals to I mean and then what it takes to do a show in Alaska too and I, I think it's a little easier now than we were up to which everyone would ever, always say right um oh it's way easier now than when we had it right because we'd have to like scrounge money together and rent the Fairview Rec Center or uh, when gigs was still around uh, get yeah. in with whoever and and that uh, worked there and try to get shows or get on opening for somebody yeah which we never did we got the Bad Religion thing uh, at the Egan Center but it was. Yeah. begging golden voice forever sure, and uh sure. finally coming through but even that was crazy like the, yeah. the uh, being able to back then there was the internet wasn't much so you're calling on the phone i had my dad's giant brick phone yeah, yeah, yeah. waiting for the call but you guys <laughs> it was always it was always the anchorage kids and the walsilla kids and mm-hmm. wherever else uh yeah. soldatna or, or whatever but the Anchorage music scene was crazy because we always wanted to go in and play Anchorage. Yeah, we're just playing house parties in Wasilla. But yeah, um, so I want to jump. I want to jump way back here and, sure. and get to some of the stuff in the very beginning. Like, were you born in Anchorage?
1: Yeah, I was born in Anchorage. I want
2: to know what your upbringing was like because yeah. that's something we've never d- jumped into yeah. together as long as we've known each other. I mean, we never talked about. It's
1: that. a lot more normal than you. Th- I just basically was raised by like kind of a single mom, and you know, we just did what we had to do and. uh we had, I moved to Seattle. I would say a big part of my musical journey was moving to Seattle for my junior high years for like seventh, eighth, and ninth grade in 1990. Okay. So, like, that's when Seattle was mm-hmm. happening. And so I went to these shows, and it was just like, holy shit. Like, it was just a music. It was like watching music bloom. Yeah. And people were swept up in this thing, and these little shows were like, just packed, and the mo- and the mosh pits, I mean, it was just, like, this whole thing, and so that's where I was, like, this is what I want to do mm-hmm. on some level, like, this, I want to do, I want to feel or create, help create something that's, like, a part of this deal, Yeah. and then, you know, like, heard the dead Kennedys for the first time in, like, ninth grade or something, mm-hmm. I was, like, okay, this is changing my world, and then opened up into everything else, You know, Operation Ivy and Minor Threat and all that stuff. All the the staples of, you know, punk rock.
2: Yeah. Um, So, yeah. And you got exposed to this super young. I mean, so you had that advantage, too. Like, you'd watch these people perform. Like, I remember we had to order... Uh, bootleg videos on VHS, totally from like the back of a magazine. You couldn't just go on YouTube and watch it. Yeah. So if you didn't see Nirvana live, you didn't see Nirvana live unless it was on MTV. Right. But if you were seeing bands like this, I mean that that brings a lot around to your stage presence and things that you saw and absorbed, and then took and made your own or or you know what I mean. It all goes yeah. into a blender and it all comes out somehow. Yeah, That explains a lot. I didn't know any of that.
1: Yeah, I I think that a lot of the realizations I'm making, I just turned 40, a lot of the realizations I'm making at 40 about my musical journey, I'm only realizing now how they fit together. It was not, none of it is, none of it is or has ever been like a conscious decision Mm -hmm. of like, I'm going to try to do this. It's always just like. This is what I feel like doing, and just kind of get it out that yeah. way.
2: Okay. And so you were doing shows at like, what was it uh, like Rock Candy and and uh, what were the other venues around back? then well, Do you remember? The, like there...
1: I lived in the Burbs, close to Seattle, so there was like okay. the Redmond Firehouse. Did you guys yes. ever play there?
2: We never played there. We yeah. saw shows, but there. that
1: was like a legendary spot, and that's where we would. That that was like the spot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and man, it just like the level, like there was blood on the floor like like people would hurt themselves and celebrate with each other like it was a cel- you know what i mean like yeah. it wasn't it was just fucking I, I find myself it was just such a different time in like music yeah. like and and what was happening it was really it was really awesome
2: yeah that, you know? of course i mean you were around for things people would only dream about seeing
1: yeah and there's like there's like the kind of like the the b- grunge bands that you know obviously got pop success but then there was like a next level of just incredible 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 bands
2: yeah yeah and i mean the firehouse where we i had uh, johnny from the blood brothers on and they they did their live dvd there i've seen I've seen Rules them live there, yeah whatever. it's crazy yeah it's so and so. What brought you? What it was probably work related, right? for your For your mom that brought you down there. That brought me
1: down there, and then then back. Then we decided we wanted to live in Alaska, and so we came back up to Alaska in tenth grade. Okay. And so I started going to East High, and immediately like formed a band with Ben, uh-huh. and my buddy Mark, and then that kind of slowly morphed into the Born Losers. Okay. And Nowhere Fast, and then then the Born Losers. Okay.
2: And did you yeah. meet Gabe Castro as well at East? Yep. Yeah, at okay. East High
1: we were fifteen. Or he was yeah. fifteen and I was sixteen when we met, you know? Like yeah. that's and I'm he was started to get into that kind of stuff. Um, and so we just started like sharing music and and that's when like just like just before bands like the Murder City Devils and those bands started rolling in Seattle, but we were starting to get into like Teen Generate and like uh, there were some really good Japanese good garage rock bands we were mm-hmm. listening to at the time. So That all kind of went into what was influencing us. Okay. We were never really into like the, the, whatever you want to say, pop punk or, I mean, there's bands I love out of that, but the stuff I really truly love was like the rock and roll based punk
2: rock. Okay. If that makes sense. It does. It does. And that's something where we were different big time because we were gravitating towards but it's also like... I could see the attraction to the other to what you guys were into because you can play that stuff. Like, yeah. it's easy enough to play. That's exactly why we were into the other stuff because it was easy enough to play. Right, right. You know, and it wasn't as super technical. Like, I don't, I think that's why, I mean, a lot of uh, Alaskan music, like, there wasn't a lot of, like, thrash <laughs> metal and things like that because no. people couldn't play it. Right. And it- uh, it's all like punk rock or, or garage rock or just like the dirty, like, uh, yeah it's crazy I... well,
1: well you're talking about the um solidness or the whatever you a cohesion of the scene yeah and i think that is a huge reason for that like i don't necessarily think uh a scene like if everybody can do it the pool's going to be bigger and like more collective or whatever mm-hmm. if this is like music for musicians Which is like highly technical, whatever, that's something else. Yeah. This is like a punk rock, hip hop. It's all about like um, music for. It's almost like the new folk music or something. Like it's music for the masses. Yeah, it's unifying. Like it's, it's yeah.
2: it, and the, the cool thing was how incestuous too like the music scene was because they're like what they say in Alaska, you don't lose your girlfriend, you lose your turn because oh of my the, God. The, the, the the ratio or whatever. The odds are good, but the goods are odd. Yeah. <laughs> that's the other that's the other one. <laughs> yes. Uh but it is so incestuous like with with uh oh, Travis, Travis listens to the show, Travis Wisner, um T Bird, he was in. I think he counted like seventeen bands in yep. Alaska, like yeah. because he was a drummer and yeah. you needed a drummer. You need a bass player. Like yeah. guitar players were a dime a dozen, but right. It was very incestuous. So I, yeah,
1: um. man. Yeah, Travis was in this band. I just want to shout out to a band called Blanket from Alaska uh-huh. from back in the day. Like they were doing. It was like kind of like Hum. Uh huh. It was they were just different and like Hum or like um um. God, I can't think of anything today. Ah Sunny Day Real Estate. Okay. Like th- and that's no band sounded like that. And no. it was so cool to see a bit ba- like any band that wanted to branch out from like that punk rock thing and do something different was mm-hmm. like, oh fuck, cool.
2: Sure. And yeah. To, yeah, Travis is and then you had Rumpel Foreskin with Mickey. <laughs> best band uh, name ever. Best band name to this day, I think yeah. is, is uh, Rumpel Foreskin. Th- their
1: their first show or one of their first shows. They just came out and had a bunch of, like, hot dogs wrapped in condoms with, like, a bunch... Of, they were just lubed, lubed up, and they were just tossing them at, like, the audience, and Mickey came out with a dildo with, like, a pig on it, uh-huh. and, like, just stuck on the dildo, throwing these hot dogs, and a hot dog just, like, hit me in the chest, but, like, stuck just for, like, three <laughs> seconds, and then was, like, poof, uh, you, know, uh, you know, just, like... But that's that's like uh, like awesome. Yeah, like it's like yeah. Let's nobody's gonna forget a Rumpel Foreskin show. Sure.
2: And up there, I mean, <laughs> that was it. Seemed like it was the thing to do. Like people, like going back to people getting so excited and prepping for these shows and everything. Like, hey, go buy a bunch of hot dogs. This is gonna be hilarious. Or like yeah. we threw we threw uh, we made a bunch of buckets of Knox gelatin. Yeah. 'Cause yeah. we could throw it at people and it would just like disappear. Like yeah. it wouldn't stain their clothes. We were being gentle about it. Like, oh man, you and, guys were so nice. Dude, yeah, exactly. We're just tossing and <laughs> that gigs was part was of covered. your band name, actually. Exactly. <laughs> we we're, were dickhead, we Eddie. just nice guys, Eddie, okay. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Okay. Well <laughs> so uh going back to Alaska, like everything everything kind of came together everyone's playing shows together everyone's going to college up there yeah i mean there was always and you always had you're kind of a mystery to me for a little while because you're you're always this dude in a band who i was looking at this guy's crazy and then as we kind of got to know each other then i'm finding other things like oh he has an actual job <laughs> he's like, he works for the forest service or so. he's just, he's a he's a forest service guy I was like what yeah. like all of us are working at pizza places and fucking <laughs> walmart Trying to get by, but no, Ryan is educated, Ryan has a job, and it was always like this fascinating paradox, like, okay. Okay, I'm. You were one of the first guys I knew that had a real job, like a career.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I just was. All, I was a fish biologist. A fish biologist. Yeah, biologist. which it sounds like a joke after the Seinfeld. <laughs> Is that a fish biologist?
2: <laughs> the ocean was angry today, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Where he holds up the, yeah. the golf ball and Kramer throws up almost like just, But yeah, so <laughs> we can just talk about that. Actually, Is anyone warm. here a marine biologist? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh there I, is a podcast yeah about seinfeld have you th- seen it no I, uh no what's it called is, is it they called? go through episode by episode oh, and great. every episode is them di- a sign cast. oh great it's gonna change your whole world uh,
1: man i love this whole thing because like anything you're into yeah. there's a podcast about it
2: and but, we will get to tour punisher because okay, i, yeah, I want to yeah. talk about that too
1: um that's but, awesome. Um, yeah, but as far as being a fish biologist, I love I love being outside. I love um, I love the water. I yeah. love fish. I, I like I'm into that whole thing. Um, but and I did I, I went to school and got that degree and got that job. What I realized though is, as you move up in that kind of a job, the things that you enjoy about doing that job go mm-hmm. away and you basically have a, have a desk job. Okay. And you're managing people is not fun. And so I really would want to stay at a base level biologist, like just field guy, but that doesn't really pay. Yeah. And so I started doing the calculus in my mind and I was like, I'll do this as long as this is here, but if if I ever have an opportunity to do music and mm-hmm. take that, I this is what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Um Anyway,
2: and at this point, it was still just playing shows like local shows. Yeah, you had not achieved the success musically that you have now. And, and uh, that was so fast forward, you moved to Portland. When did you move to Portland? Uh, yeah. And also, fish biologist sounds like one of those jobs where you have two dart boards with words on them and throw darts at them. <laughs> to name your band. Like, totally we are fish, fish, fish
1: biologist, Yeah, um, I moved to Portland 2000, Halloween day of 2003.
2: Halloween's a significant day for you.
1: It, it is. Yeah, we'll get it, to that. It too, is. It's crazy, it is. Uh and I keep 2002. having 2002. 2003.
2: 2003, okay.
1: Yeah, and we and I moved down to all the other guys from the Born Losers had moved here. I was mm-hmm. the last one to move like by a month or two, but we were all they'd been practicing songs and writing songs. So I just came in, I was just going to sing and we were going to do this band. Mm-hmm. So I came down here to do this band and we were doing it and playing shows, and, it was, and I came into it with the same kind of mind as an Alaskan of like, oh my God, we got a show at the Twilight. Yeah. Holy shit. The Paris Theater, oh shit. Well, no, I remember, I'm going to, yeah, our first show <laughs> ever was at the Paris Theater, which is, I just, our buddy Joe Simon, I have a uh-huh. five-year text chain with him going, that's Welcome to the Paris Theater, we're, and it's the worst band name you could think of, and it's like hundreds long, uh-huh. I and mean, it's amazing at this point. Every other day, we sent each other. Do any, you
2: remember the band you played with at that show? Rayler. Rayler. We opened From for Alaska. another Alaskan band, Raylor. We Rayler. played with The Fats. The, what's The Fats? The Fats. It what's was Fats? an awful band, of course. Not The Miss Fats. The Fats. No, just The Fats. Okay. So it was Nice Guy, or no, A New Hope. We were A New Hope okay. at that time. That's yeah. when we went straight up like- Star uh, Star Wars. Yeah. (laughs) Star Wars. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't. I had no idea that Star Wars was called that. That episode was called that until years later.
1: You're like, we should call our parents. This is a great name. This is a great name,
2: man. It's positive. Like, cool. A New Hope, The Fats. That's great. Paris Theater. And I had no idea it was a jerk off theater before that and after that
1: did you slip around on the stage that's what it's so weird you're like people have been like during the day people have been ejaculating where i am playing music right now <laughs> like just minutes before and,
2: and during the set and not for the same reason they used to right <laughs> it's, yeah it's yeah i had no idea i went up in this little room there's this guy larry paris yeah they call him yeah uh him and i were kind of i would do like I would sell tickets for other shows and shit trying to get us in there. Like yeah. at the Paris he would get us to get us in. And there's this guy <laughs> Hugo, apparently, that was like into bo- little boys and stuff. Oh, and no. He was his partner. Yeah. His business partner. And uh so we realized we were like pimping shit for awful people. Yeah. And uh yeah. but we got to go up in the little catacombs area oh, on the top man. and where they used to where the, the, the projector used to come through with all this shit. And then Larry's like, Yeah, I shoot porn's here on the weekend or whatever yeah, and I was like yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that would explain all this and this and this and all the, the dicks against and everything the wall. and yeah, yeah. the yeah, uh, yeah, awful awful place.
1: In 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 fairness, it, pretty much every green room everywhere has a bunch of dicks. It does. Let's it, be honest. It
2: does. And there's some amazing. <laughs> oh, I've dick. seen
1: some dick monsters that you oh. wouldn't believe like dicks for fingers and hands and head, <laughs> just dick heads that are it's 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 a whole like it's a coffee table book. Uh-huh like somebody needs to take pictures of these dick pictures sure and make a coffee table sure book we've talked some. about doing
2: that at work with the shitters like the the Schultzies or whatever the porta potties the, the yes. shitter art yeah oh god yeah that's there's cool. one that said obama cloning station with an arrow pointing to the shitter and oh. i was just like oh my god that's yeah that's horrific it, yeah it's that's, awful that's, but there's some epic dicks in there
1: that there's dicks that are making the art and their yeah. dicks literally um but anyway hey, Anyway. <laughs> Paris Theater, trailer, Paris Theater, trailer, Paris Theater. First, first show, um, and it was it was fun. I remember though, like the tw- we played the Twilight was our home bar. Okay. that was where we played a lot, and
2: that's in Portland here. Free shows, free right? shows. They're all free.
1: They're all free. You okay. might if you play there, if you if you kill it, you might get like fifty bucks. Okay, if you don't, then you get beers. Yeah, um, but like, uh, I remember we had the show, and it was like. The only show they could have us was this date, and I had, like, a ticket to Arizona to visit my grandma, mm-hmm. and I paid, like, 300 bucks to change the ticket so that I could play <laughs> the Twilight. Because Co- it was so be- important. Be- no, because I didn't want to lose our Twilight in. Yeah. And now I'm like, God damn. But that was the Alaskan, like, <laughs> God, we got to do this right, and I don't yeah. want anybody to. And and then you come to realize, like, bands are f- fuck-ups and they're idiots exactly they're like that the, the, nobody gives a shit about anything <laughs>
2: like where does that come from though like where does that Alaskan... that like boy scout like yeah go i mean because there's some shitty people up there but even they are just like yes ma'am yes sir i will get yeah. that for it's you that fr- like it's that
1: frontier spirit yes it's a yeah
2: <laughs> that frontier spirit <laughs> i mean i always i always attribute a lot of things to growing up around things that can kill you that aren't humans like yeah weather animals like it's yeah. not you grew up in the rough part your of your dad you grew no, up just, <laughs> <laughs> just be honest <laughs> uh, uh, the, <laughs> the uh i mean literally walking to the bus for school you could get trampled by a moose you yeah. could get back happened. In, uh, frozen to death happened like, last crazy. week
1: a guy got trampled by God moose up there. damn it yeah
2: but people don't respect things anymore no, and no. i think maybe that has something to do with it because they've got Yeah, you're always around it all the time. You got to be aware. You're like that deer that's like, yeah, okay, I'm comfortable. What? Yeah, just constantly going crazy. So maybe you're
1: kind of like more cognizant of of fucking up, and you want to do things. Yeah,
2: maybe that's I don't know. Generally, yeah, it seems like it's bred into us. Yeah, uh, yeah, with with everything. Yeah, not just music. Yeah,
1: if we're if we're ten minutes late to a venue, I'm like upset and freaking out. And nobody cares mm-hmm. except for me. The venue yeah. doesn't care. Nobody cares. But I'm like, guys, and all the guys in my band are like, We are the most fucking on time band in the world because of you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's true. My wife hates it. I'll leave an hour early for something. And she's like, What the hell are you doing? I'm like, yeah. I'm not gonna be late.
0: Yeah. For anything. But I mean yeah. the show
2: especially rolling and then it's always uncomfortable when you get to a show that late. Like yeah. you're literally loading on while the people are staring at you. Yeah. And then you gotta try to put on a show.
1: I love the thing where you're late. You're three hours late. You're questioning whether you're even gonna be able to play the show mm-hmm. based on your set time. You get there and you set up, and then somehow you have a great show. Yeah. Like when that happens, I feel like we were talking about this on on the podcast that we do. I, I feel like it's absolute magic. Yeah. Because I'm like I'm pissed off and I'm and then you start and you're like, holy shit, this is this is going pretty well. Yeah. This is okay. This is gonna work we're out. Gonna do this and gonna it's like actually off. makes it better. Because it was so bad, and now you've overcome that to make it awesome. Or and you something. got
2: the story along with it, too, yeah. where it's, yeah, yeah. oh, my God. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey. I want to tell you about some new releases coming up from Equal Vision Records. As you guys know, Equal Vision Records is my family, and so are these bands. I really want you to check these out. We've got Hot Water Music with their 10th studio album, Vows, out May 10th featuring guest appearances by Dallas Green of City and Color, Thrice, The Interrupters, and Brendan and Daniel from Turnstile. See them on their 30th anniversary tour with Quicksand in the States in May and June, and Europe in November. Hotwatermusic.com for more info. We also have Be Well with their new 7-inch, A Tap I Can't Turn Off, out now. First new music in two years from this band. This band is incredible, featuring members of Battery, Bane, Darkest Hour, and Fairweather. See them on tour with I Am The Avalanche in June, Equalvision.com for more info on that. And just your general information on Equalvision records, you're always going to find something you like at Equalvision.com. Go there for vinyl and merch from all of your favorite bands. Check out Hot Water Music's new record and BUL's new 7-inch now. um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me. And having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it, it can go either way. It can really go either way. And yeah. it's very rare that it goes the way you're talking about. Very rare. So that's what... I think you always remember those. Like, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. But so... Sorry. First show, Paris Theater. You're, that's, you're down in Portland, 2003. <laughs> yeah. Halloween. Uh, Born Losers are doing their thing. Yeah. How long did that go on until uh it kind of stopped? Like, it, it ended there. I think everyone wow. kind of... It didn't end, but... Yeah, you guys had to come back too. But then when I was staying at at the brick shit house on Lincoln, yeah. uh, in the basement, you were doing music with this dude who I would not met before. Yeah, and it was super interesting, like like country kind yeah. of stuff. And they're like, "Oh yeah, Ryan's doing that now." And I'm like, "That's interesting," because literally everyone in our group was going to, including myself, was going towards this like screamo hardcore like yeah. Girl jeans and uh, <laughs> Scream, which I never wore that
1: screaming girl jeans. <laughs> I didn't think they made
2: them in my size, but Gabe proved me wrong. But I never took that route. Yeah. I'm proud to say I never put on girl jeans or guyliner or anything, <laughs> just because I was the big guy. So right. uh, yeah, I, I didn't dye my bangs a different color. I didn't fucking put a bandana on.
1: I just never. I always felt like the seventy year old guy. Who was like, what is that? What is this shit? <laughs> like, I just didn't, and I and nobody ever explained it to me in a way that was convincing enough to get on the train of it. Yeah, I was like, okay, this is a scene, and I'm too old for this. Sh- like, maybe it. I don't know what it. I'm not trying to be snobby mm-hmm. or whatever. I just didn't understand. Sure, and it's a valid thing. And the, the the music, like, I start. I got to a point, and actually, I've reverted back now. But there was a point there. Where the Born Losers was the loudest, most aggressive thing I was listening to. Mm-hmm. I would play this band, and it and it was fun. But then I would be listening to like all this old. My buddy Brendan, the guy you're talking about, mm-hmm. he's from Alaska, and he's he's uh, played music up in Alaska for a long time. And he just did this kind of weird, like old, really old timey, like tinny blues thing and country thing. And something about it really like spoke to me. And I started writing songs a little bit in that vein. And so he would bring his songs and I'd bring my songs and we'd just do these songs together. And then my buddy Paul, who has been in the builders, mm-hmm. um, joined as our drummer and we would just do these like sets and we our band was called the McGovern Goldwater Ticket. Okay. And so that was kind of like the bridge between the punk rock thing and the Builders and the Butchers. Yes. Like that was like, that That took me and I was like, oh, I can write songs like this and play this kind of music. And then I started, originally the first four or five Builders songs were really just McGovern Goldwater ticket songs. Okay. But I started, I started. I met Harvey and met Ray and Alex and all these guys. And I was like, we should put a band together. My friend Adrian played an accordion. And we started like getting into more just kind of like acoustic sounds and just not plug like thinking of a band as a different thing like not being a band that goes to a club and plays shows but we're going to be a band that like finds groups of people and mm-hmm. just plays in front of them and see what happens yeah i'd heard about the violent Femmes doing this in milwaukee and that's how they started they would just go to shows where there was a line like at it would be like the roseland here and you just play for the people in line yeah and then people would start talking about it and then you'd play on the street and then people would start like showing up they're like, I heard that you're playing in here, so I just wanted to hear you again. And
2: it's like, what the fuck?
1: Yeah, really. And then that's that build from there.
2: Crazy. Yeah. So, and I, I remember that guy walking into the house because I was I was staying there, not for too long, I don't think, but I don't remember. I was tr- so transient for so long, but the I was rarely upstairs, sure, like during the daytime, and this dude just kind of walked in. I was like, Yeah, hey, you doing?
0: Cool. Mm-hmm. How you doing?
2: got a guitar case and then just goes up to your room or wherever you guys were at and i would just listen i was like man this is really good and it was never and i was always just like either on tour or wherever else so i i was out and away and then come back and then things are starting to happen like right there's this new band and blah blah blah. guys are playing like you said before the show or (laughs) in front of the stage while the bands are setting up like yeah um so when you transferred over to you guys were called the funeral band right that was yeah great.
1: originally we didn't have the Bills and butchers so we played our first handful of shows of the funeral band okay
2: and yeah. you would play between when bands were setting up between like yep. the whole set change time yep yep. which is fascinating for one and then yeah. like little shit like voodoo do like the small voodoo donuts Yep, shit like that like yeah. the stuff people the voodoo donuts people line up around the right world for now yeah um that was and i was just hearing these things like i had never seen you guys at that right. point like it was always just hearing this stuff uh, which i was like this is really cool ideas and then all of a sudden everyone's talking about builders and the butchers like it was like this like holy shit oh you're not going you're not- what are you talking about you're not going to build i was like what what you ta- What happened this yeah is crazy it
1: was sa- i feel like the same thing like it was weird uh it just started kind of collecting steam and like it it we made we this isn't why, I don't know why, but like we really wanted to make those first shows like a collective thing. So we'd bring instruments. So everybody was part of the band mm-hmm. and everybody was playing. And so it just felt like this very uh, organic kind of growth. And honestly, like I've talked about this before, but like the, the transitioning on to stages or even using electricity at all for the band was, has always been and still is like awkward. Like the the true nature of the band is to be on the floor. Yeah. Um The problem is when you get to about more than forty people, then nobody can hear it. Yeah. So it's kind of like but the best shows we've ever had, I mean, we're like parties at the fourteen fourteen house completely mm-hmm. unplugged to like a hundred drunk people, like crowd surfing and you're completely unplugged and you're like, What is happening? Yeah. Like that's crazy. Yeah. You know?
2: So Well you guys always held on to that, like that that sound. I mean that just that raw Sound which I think people really gravitate towards because mm-hmm. even when it's amplified, that the mood is still there. I
1: think the drums have remained the same like the two drummers playing a kind of deconstructed drum kit, mm-hmm. so the feel is consistent. Yeah, I think that's what kind of helped it, but
2: yeah, so you guys, I mean. Do you remember kind of the moment things started to take off? I mean, where, I mean, all of a sudden, I'm seeing like tours with like, uh, well, the weird tours with Thrice, and I know yeah. those guys listen to everything, yeah, and they love it, and they try to take out bands that they listen to, not yeah. bands necessarily the fans are going to be into, yeah. And uh, you guys did a lot of weird tours,
1: yeah. I that's true. Basically, you know, I think anytime, <laughs> anytime as a band, you start getting a number of outside people. Who are like music business people, mm-hmm. like label agent, manager, blah, 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 yeah. blah. Who start knocking, you start to realize like, oh shit, this is this is something. And people are talking about this who I don't know. Yeah. And people are talking about this at whatever label place. And our our booking agent, like that we got really early on, his name is Kevin French, and he still books the National and the Decemberists and mm-hmm. Tame Impala and Paula and you know he's a, he's an incredible booking agent, and he really put us on some fantastic tours in the beginning. Yeah, that really we did when Murder by Death. Yeah, that um, was a good fit. We went on six weeks with Amanda Palmer mm-hmm. when she went solo from the Dresden Dolls, and that was her fans are the best music fans there are. Yeah. I mean, uh, Builders and Butchers fans aside, but like her fans are such good music fans. Yeah, and they anything Amanda is into, they're into. Um, and then, you know, you start touring a lot, and you do some opening tours, and we did some weird tours. We went on those, the Thrice tour was actually brand new, us Thrice and brand new. Yeah. Uh, Jesse from brand new had just, has been a fan of the band since our first record, somehow. Yeah. And like, he he's brought us out for those shows, and he... So I think that was just a random thing where he became a fan of the band and wanted to have us out in some shows. Okay. Um, the as far as like a, the weirdest fit was when we did like about a month and a half with the uh, Rx Bandits, <laughs> and that was that was a really weird fit. <laughs> uh, but we don't have to. Well,
2: that, that yeah, that is a weird fit. And those, how did those fans respond to to you guys? I mean, we
1: we we talk yeah. So basically, um. The way what happened with that tour and those guys are great guys. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I, and they are, get requested constantly to be on this show. Like, yeah, I get emails constantly about them. And they they would have anything great st- about
1: them. They would have great stories too. They're okay. great guys. When they did that tour, the fans like, I, I think they would say this. I think that like, um, a lot of their fans were into like their kind of ska punk stuff, uh-huh. and the tour that we went on with them, they re- released a record that was transitioning away into more like jammy kind of psychedelic stuff and the fans were not happy like a lot of the fans that we talked to were not happy with them Uh and so they really didn't like this (laughs) fucking band that sounded nothing like them from portland like what the the fuck are these guys this doesn't this isn't what we came to see i mean we got like spit on we got treated like there's some great people at those shows but there was also some fucking assholes spit on yeah, like there was just a lot of shitty shit that happened. We also got like a car act, like a like a van. We totaled our van on that tour. It was a brutal, brutal, <laughs> brutal Jesus tour.
2: Christ! Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, I I know nothing. I still have not listened to one bandit song. I yeah. I don't know why. Uh, a buddy of the of Anatomy's uh, Rich Balling, like super good dude. Never listen to his band. Yeah,
1: they're, they're good. They're I mean, there's there's just so many hours in the day. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Like, there's lots yeah. of stuff that like I, I mean, to be honest with you, I I listen to mostly my friends' bands now. Yeah, I, I'm like into. I'm like oh, I know I have a friend who's like 38 and just released his just started his first band and released their first record. It's fucking amazing, and he's never done music before in his life. Really? Yeah, he's singing in this band. It's it's he's great, and his songs are great uh yeah his band's called bonsai cliff i don't know bonsai cliff i'll have yeah. to check that out it's like cool kind of like ramones meets the cure or something really yeah it's great interesting it's really great great stuff but like i i find myself listening to like a lot of my buddies bands yeah you know frankly
2: well that's good what because he mean he if he's that old i mean that old i mean it's in he's between the, you and i yeah, yeah. He's that, that fucking old bastard uh They talk about how you have your whole life to write your first record. Right. Six months to write the second. I mean, that just goes right along with that. How do you feel on that sentiment? Yeah. You guys, I mean, because first record comes out. Yeah starts getting some attention but then you have like the machine you're talking about like did yeah. you got was rich holtzman managing you guys yeah, yeah okay is he still managing you guys
1: he's he's not officially uh, i mean consulting, he, we work with say. we work with rich
2: okay because he not, is shout out to rich he's fantastic yeah, he's, but, the best. Uh, he's the best uh manages portugal the man as well and uh just a good dude but i had heard that and i was like wow that's crazy because i knew yeah. he was so busy with portugal but yeah. then you guys are getting attention I'm like oh <laughs> man he's gonna be he must never sleep
1: yeah he is great um Let's see about the first and second record. We like, we basically um, did the first record and and did a tour or whatever on mm-hmm. it, a couple tours, and we were working on songs for the second record. And simultaneously, uh, Chris Funk from the Decemberists mm-hmm. contacted us, just very much like through MySpace yeah, and was like, hey, <laughs> hey, I like your band, blah, blah, blah. And we started talking. He's like, would it be okay if I produced your next record? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> yeah. And so he kind of like pushed that process along and made it like, okay, we got to get dates and do this. And I think that with, I think it's really good to work with a deadline. People talk about that. Like, mm-hmm. okay, well, we have to have the songs done by this. So we're just going to do it. Yeah. Um and so great songs come out of like necessity. I found like Sure. We need just one more fucking song and then you go write one more fucking song. Yeah. Um and so Chris had a limit also had a limited number of days he could record and mix, so the album got made the second album got made very quickly. But 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 those days were like 16-hour days and mm-hmm. it was brutal but like it just got made very quickly and and I the result was i mean i'm very happy with that record um it's the it's our third record i'm not as, quite as happy <laughs> with, it. but but you know you just i think that you get into this flow of like doing tour and record and to and then you do all these things and you're kind of like you lose sight of your perspective yeah on it a little bit yeah. So anyway,
2: well, I mean, you, you, and as things are happening, I mean, you're in a different spot in your life, every one of these records. Yeah. You know, and uh, there's some member changes and things like that. And, and yeah. every tour, I think, changes you a little bit too. But th- then, what, when did things kind of go to part time basis where, yeah. I mean, everyone moved to different spots? I yeah. mean, Justin's in Colorado. Yeah. Willie's back in Portland, right? He was, he He's, was sailing around the world, like, doing yeah. whatever.
1: Yeah, I think that um, it kind of naturally for us, as far as like, there was a moment kind of second to third record where like either this is going to really start doing something or Mm -hmm. it's not, and it didn't blow up for us. It just didn't. It it remained the same, if not went down a little bit in certain spots and just kind of like plodding along. And you get to a point to where you're like, could I play 200 dates a year to 50 to a hundred people? Is that a good idea? Like you start to set in about this. Is this band gonna be something that's like finance one day financially viable as in like, can we all live off this? Yeah. And you know, I had a kid and you start to like, just life kind of happens for you. Um, but I'll say that like, since then I've never enjoyed the band more. Because okay. there's no pressure to do anything. And we have... And the, the first record has had this crazy long tail where, like, it sold more last month. Every month it sold more than the month before for 10 years. But, but incrementally, like, it's, yeah. it's a record that stayed in this weird um, zeitgeist of whatever dark folk something. Yeah. And people have, like, continued to find it in a weird in a weird way. And so, like... There are people who are just finding out about the band
2: now. It's weird. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like this kind of hidden gem, well, not even a hidden gem now like it's out there. I mean yeah. It's, but for some people it's like that just found it like how did I not know about this before?
1: I think that there like for me growing up uh, there was I mean you could probably relate to this. There was the 20 punk rock albums mm-hmm. that you have to own to like punk, punk rock. rock. Yeah. Uh, and I think that since then music has like kind of fractured and like there's different kinds of f- jazz and there's different kinds of reggae and there's different kinds of mm-hmm. like folk kind of stuff and like there's a scene with like Murder by Death and Devil Makes 3 and blah 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 and mm-hmm. we're somewhere on the lower echelon of that but i think that first record is something that people who like that scene continue to get yeah who are into that that vibe
2: that's interesting um, that, that's interesting to think about because and and now like we used to have to go to record stores and look at you know album, and this was this our time was after the whole time when vinyl was big, and you know people would go spend their day's wage on a on a seven inch or whatever you know, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. Or, or an hour's <laughs> wage on a seven inch because it looked cool or had this sticker on it or it was featuring this person. Yeah, we were still kind of in the tail end of that. Totally, a mammoth music and all that in Alaska going around just looking at, I mean, record covers, and I I'd never bought vinyl. I was always CDs just because right. it was already to that point but now with the internet and streaming and spotify and everything else yeah. it's kind of this it seems like for you used to so so i guess to put it broadly you used to have to go you, you wanted pornography you used to have to go to a porn shop right and fucking buy it right like uh horse fuckers eight or uh yeah. fucking what was it anal anal, anal, arsenal, anal six. arsenal six <laughs> You had to go up to the (laughs) the counter and hand it to the fucking creepy dude waiting there. Or the dude that just dropped out of high school that you remember. You used to have to hand him this fucking thing. Yeah. And put your face on it, you know? I, Dewey, (laughs) 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 I I approve of this message. (laughs) (laughs) So, then the internet happened. Yeah. The internet in its infancy, I pretty sure was built i mean we've talked about on the show before like how the porn industry determined if we use vhs or beta totally wanted to use vhs there it is dvd blu-ray or blu-ray uh hd dvds they wanted blu-ray porn wanted blu-ray the world went blu-ray that's interesting it's very interesting like yeah to think about how this underground thing Mm -hmm. makes more money than hollywood yeah there's also more output from it though Yeah. But it's behind closed doors until you walk up to that guy and buy it. Right. Then the internet comes along and you can look at horse fucking in your basement with no one knowing you're looking at horse fucking. Totally. Then with music, you can listen to all that weird shit that you don't want to show your face at the record store buying. All the Gin Blossoms records. Exactly. You can go through all the... (laughs) You can listen to Snow all day long (laughs) if you want, you know? You can get informed. and. But you can do that, and all those things influence who you are and what your output is. I mean, you could. Yeah. I mean, as as much integrity as you want to have, and this is all Mm. from the heart. Each little pinprick from those things, it it starts to like, I I I picture like this creative like ball Mm -hmm. that each little thing is poking holes in, and it's seeping into you, like it's leaking. Yeah. So all that crazy weird shit you listen to now for free mm-hmm. is gonna start creating the most insane output, just like because there's no accountability. It's like people that go and do and I'm going down a tangent here, but
1: No, I man, people I'll, that I'll,
2: do sync work, right? Sure. Uh dudes in I've talked to guys in in black metal bands that make Ford commercials. Right. And it's total like bro down, kid rock. Yeah. Stuff that they would just love to play, but do not want to put their face or name right. on it, and they can do it. Right. And they get paid for it. Yeah. A lot of money. Yeah. Dude, can you make this fucking rock anthem? Fuck yeah, I can. It'd be awesome. Get down to my computer. Like, it reminds me, like, Gabe would make that music on his keyboard yeah. or whatever, and now he's doing it for a living. It's crazy. It, like,
1: it's, it is an interesting time because I feel like if there ever needed to be Fugazi. hmm. There isn't Fugazi. Yeah. Because of all of the social movements and all of the things you could think about. Like this band coalesces it all onto this message. Yeah. Of no corporate anything and fuck making money. We just want to have a collective thing and make something beautiful. Yeah. But it's impo- it's like it's not impossible now. We have we have some friends in this band called And And, and that like are tr- are like going for that thing. But it's so much harder because the world of Spotify is yeah. against you. Yeah. If you don't want to be on Spotify, you're, you're fucked. Yeah. Like if you want to try to do that. But by being by being in that machine, you've devalued your music to almost nothing. Exactly. Um, and so, wh- and kind of like what gives them the right to put that value on that. Mm-hmm. But what you're talking about is maybe the availability of everything is creatively interesting.
2: Yeah. And, and it is. Well, it's like, it's like when uh, the whole anxiety epidemic, that everyone has anxiety now. Right. It's because we are not meant to know what happened to that kid in Georgia at the no. pancake house getting yelled at by the waitress. No. It's the 24-hour news cycle, all this stuff, and the, yeah. another tangent here. But we're not meant to handle that no. information. We're meant to handle what's in front of us and what we need to eat that night. Right. Like, that's what we're meant to have. Music transcends language everything like it's 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 this thing that anyone can get into be- right. and they don't have to understand it they will feel it Their toes will tap right. their, their head will bounce the, Have you seen that YouTube video of The headbang test or whatever Where no. they start playing Like the most insane <laughs> Like there's this mega. I forget the name of the song But it's like dun, 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 dun. And, and, and you have to stand there And listen to it Without going like this Like without <laughs> nodding your head And the guy's trying so hard And he's he's legitimately trying Like he's just like Oh yeah this is good Oh shit No no shit It's like the dad yeah. jokes thing You have to pay when you When you laugh at the dad joke Right Uh, anyway, but I've totally fucking lost where I was going with that. I was going off on a rail, but, uh, yeah, we're not meant to handle that information. I also almost feel we're not meant to handle that much music. Right. Like we're supposed to sit and absorb a record. Right. And then move on to the next, not 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds.
1: Well, think about why podcasts are so popular.
2: Mm -hmm. Appointment listening.
1: People want to listen to something to distract them from what they're doing. So if I'm driving, I don't want to have to fucking sit here bored driving. I want to think yeah. about something else. Or like so many jobs are just like wrote whatever. I know mm-hmm. how to do this job. I don't need to think. So I'm just going to listen to something interesting so my mind can go elsewhere yeah. and think about something and laugh at something or whatever. Um, but like, um, I saw the there's a, there's a documentary called The Zen. I think it's called The Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling. Mm-hmm. And he gave Judd Apatow his journals when he died. And, so, and basically said you could do whatever you want So they made this documentary And he was like a meditation dude Always trying to get into the now uh-huh. And always trying to find He's like without that I could be nothing Because like my brain wants to go everywhere mm-hmm. And to bring it back to this Is like really fucking important
2: Dude We can go deeper than that Take me podcasting. Take me baby okay. So uh, we were talking about the network at the beginning but well, not the begin- Before we started recording yeah. Talking about the network and the pros and cons and all that stuff So one of the pros was flying to podcast movement in Anaheim and meeting all these crazy people that do podcasting for a living Mm -hmm. that are actually monetizing and making money, you know, making money beyond what I can imagine doing this exact thing, just talking to people. There's this girl, Ray. uh, She, uh, I forget the company she works for, but we were at this mixer or whatever on the top of this hotel and she was talking about how podcasting has become such a thing because when you're listening to someone's voice mm-hmm. in headphones or anything like that, and you're doing something else because you're not focusing on it, that person becomes your inner voice and your ah, gets into your psyche and your subconscious. That's fascinating. And then you get drawn <laughs> to that person mm-hmm. because every time you hear their voice, they're back in there and yeah. it's familiar and it's like a warm blanket. Like, you know, it was this weird thing that just mind fuck like instantaneous I'm just sitting there and I don't even drink and I'm sitting there everyone's drunk and she was probably drunk too talking about this but uh, I was just like okay you just opened up a can of worms here like yeah I 100% agree with that right because you're doing you're mowing your lawn and you're listening to (laughs) us talk about fucking turtles like not fucking turtles, but turtles. <laughs> or you could if you if the you internet. Could. There's you, probably a fucking yeah, yeah. there's the fucking turtles podcast. Yeah. But <laughs> uh that gets even deeper into it, like why podcasting, but so there's appointment listening, which means you seek out a podcast. It's yeah. not just put on for you like the yeah. radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to just take it. Right. It's there. So you're already finding something you want to listen to. So that's why most podcasts get five-star reviews, I think, because, yeah, you gave me what I wanted. Thanks.
1: Right. You know? Well, also, if you've heard about it and it sucks, nobody, if somebody, you know, now, now with their review culture, I'm just like, who, who for the fuck, I don't even know what to think like I'm at a bar and basically all the customers are holding the bar hostage because if the bar if they don't do exactly what the customer wants them to be or be like or not be an asshole or whatever they're gonna fucking take tank them on Yelp and that bar will go away Mm -hmm. and that's fucking horrible yeah like what about that guys might be having a bad day or like maybe the food shipment got maybe they're out of fries just somebody made a mistake Mm -hmm. and now everybody's pissed because there's no fries or what I mean it's like We're in a. My wife and I talk about this a lot. She works with a lot of teenagers, and like the way teenagers, because they do social media, they can cultivate everything that they do and put out there in the world. Mm -hmm. So then that that matriculates into like their day to day interactions, where everything is super cultivated and calculated, and people aren't just weird anymore, Mm -hmm. or because they were like, well, I don't want somebody to give me a bad review, or. You know yep. what I mean? Yep,
2: it's the eggshells everywhere. Yeah, it's, it's so nuts. It's
1: so crazy. It's nuts. I feel like being forty is like the new eighty. Or like <laughs> these kids with their crazy. But I don't know. Anyway, hula hoops, Pac Man video games, yeah, Dan Foguberg. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
2: it's creating this this culture of. Uh, uh, it's just this. Yeah, just everyone's on pins and needles, and that's where that anxiety's coming from. Totally, you but, don't want to fuck up that's why it's important podcasting is important this kind of stuff it's almost guerrilla still like it's yeah it's unregulated yeah I mean we can say anything we want as long as we know there's going to be repercussions when people hear it right write you an email you shouldn't have said that right who cares like we can say what we want we can do what we want we could talk for five hours we could talk for five minutes you know and there's no end to what you can do there but these conversations are captured and put there forever yes like We are talking about this right now. This might hopefully maybe change someone's mind about something or give them some perspective on things that they didn't think about before. You know, just like when you go to college and someone hands you a a, a ethical dilemma in philosophy class. Where you're just like, oh Uh, shit, I'm going to sit and think about this all weekend. Yeah. Because I want to.
0: Yeah.
1: It's okay. I think that people aren't okay with uh, not knowing I don't know or I'm not sure about my opinion on that mm-hmm. and people are afraid to say that everybody wants to have like I'm a this or I'm a that or I'm a democrat or I'm a libertarian or I have this idea and like I really don't know what I think about a lot of things yeah. I think that a lot of sides have good points to make mm-hmm. um, and I th- and I feel pretty comfortable yeah. with that but I think maybe because I'm like a little bit older or whatever I, d- sure. I don't know but uh, but yeah, it's a weird, it feels like a weird time to be a, a, a parent. I'm like, what world will you be in 10 years from now when I think about the last, the change in the last five years?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And like, wow, what is it going to be? Yeah. And how separated will I feel from that world? Yeah. Because uh, I really feel separated from the world right now. Yeah. Um, anyway.
2: It's going to be harder to be separated from the world then. I mean, everything's going to be everywhere. It's going to be, and that exponential growth like, you think about how far we've come in the last 10 years versus the last 50 years. Yeah. It's insane when it's they say totally shit's going to be flying itself and parking itself. Yes, it absolutely is, and it yeah. will. But...
1: What good does that do for us? Exactly. What, like, just because it, it just makes you... It's kind of like we. you can get all the freedom in the world, but what are you doing with it? People talk yeah. about, though, VR is so cool because it gives people empathy. Mm-hmm. Nobody's using it that way. No, People are... People are not – 1% of people is using it that way. Yeah. And they, they had empathy before VR. Yeah. And it's
2: not going to change somebody to be empathetic. Exactly. Anyway. It's not. And it's it's crazy. I mean, we're losing so many things every day. Yeah. Like so many things that were – and it could just be us being sentimental or, or uh, uh, you know, just holding on to the past. But growing up in Alaska, I could go out on my fucking bike – And my mom's like, just come back at dark. Right. And you're like seven. They had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. At all. I Mm. don't know if they cared. Right. And they were good parents. Like, they, and they were concerned. Like, something would come out in Women's Day magazine about drug use or something. My mom would sit both of us down and read us the article. And sure. I mean, she was involved and concerned about our well being. But also, she knew I was out with Joe. Totally. Uh, whatever, riding bikes? No, I was in the back of a fucking Volkswagen getting stoned at the fucking skate park we had right. Built. Right. Like, Or I was out at some party, like blacked out somewhere, until I woke up and showed up back home. Right. Oh yeah, Joe's mom smokes. That's why I smell. Oh, okay. Right. I mean, those things were special to me because I had that freedom. I could do that. I can't send my kids out on their bike. Right. Ever. But is it because anything
1: will happen? Or is it because you think something will happen? Like, is there a? I think That's there's a good point. A, I think it's there's a low. I think I think there's a lower likelihood, honestly, of something actually happening. Mm-hmm. But I think we're afraid that something might, and then also we're afraid of the judgment from other parents because we know they're not going to approve of their, our kids running amok. Yeah. Um, but I think that it actually is. Nobody wants to hear this, but I think it's actually safer now. that's a good point but like if you look at like violent crime statistics most of the country that's gone down yeah um kidnapping is down like nobody wants to say that because we want to think that everything is fucked Mm -hmm. a lot of things are fucked but like it's a safer time for kids to be running around in a lot of ways than it used to be
2: sure that's a good point because also we're seeing all these things that we never used to see yeah so even if it's dropping country nationwide We would never know that because now we're seeing it every five seconds. Some kids stolen, some kids killed. All that was happening, I'm sure, when I was out on my bike.
1: I find it amazing that people get along as well as they do considering the things that people believe that are different from the things that other people believe Mm -hmm. and how belief has led to so much violence and conflict. And in the United States... We are so divided as far as like our beliefs and our politics and our whatever, and yet truly like it's generally safe to go around places. Yeah, Uh, that's amazing to me because other parts of the world aren't like that.
2: Sure. Uh, Anyway. Well, that's one thing being a touring musician. I mean, you and I have seen a lot of the world because I've talked about this on the show before. I was I brought up the idea of call me a socialist whatever but when you turn 18 you take a year and say the government gives you a certain amount of money or a car of a certain year yeah and you literally leave yeah leave home leave everything and go fucking find yourself find some perspective yeah meet some people do something and then come back and start your life yeah you know because touring has been invaluable for me because of what I get to see. Yeah. Even if I'm in a town, I don't see much. I'm meeting people, I'm experiencing things that and you're on your own still on tour. Like you find out what you're made of. Like when I went to Europe with Portugal the man, yeah. I had thirty dollars in my pocket yeah. when I left. And I was like, fuck, this could go any diff- any number of different ways. Right. And it went absolutely fine. Yeah. Met so many amazing people and perspective. I was in Mexico City a couple weeks ago. And I was asking him, like, what do you think about this wall situation? Sure. And they're like, they they just went off. Like, different perspectives. Like, I'm for it. Like, I think it's a great idea. Like, I want to keep our people here. Like, we need them. Other people are like, he's an asshole. Like... It was interesting to see how the different take. And then one person I talked to, drunk and sober, the next day, and mm-hmm. they had a completely different yeah. view. But I think that's pretty common. It's it's nuts.
1: It's I, nuts. Like, I would say we we did a festival last summer in eastern Ohio, so the corner of west uh, border of West Virginia, mm-hmm. and it was a small town. And the people who ran the festival were fans of the band. They brought us out. We've never been treated better. Yeah, met the coolest people I've been around in a long time. As I mean, like. Just surprisingly amazing people. Yeah. Uh, and had a great time. And two-thirds of the people that I talked to were Trump voters. And they're the best. Like, these are the indie music people of this area yeah. who are into shit that's cool and putting on festivals for people. Everything they were about was cool. And they told me their perspective. And I was like, I bet if I lived here and, and grew up the way you grew up, I would yep. feel the same way. Sure. And I think that that is... Uh, that was an eye-opening thing for me because Portland is a ridiculous bubble of Mm -hmm. like, you know, liberalism. And I, I, you, I generally like in a lot of ways, just I'm like, yeah, totally. And then you meet people from somewhere else and you realize, and this is something coming from Alaska too, a lot, large part of your beliefs is just your geography. Yeah. You just are around this and this is what's important and it's this and you're like, oh shit. And maybe you never, never met somebody who changed your mind or yeah. at all. And like, um, and it gives you empathy and it makes you be like, Oh, okay. These aren't all bad people. I'd rather have a conversation than yell at you. Yeah. You know, yeah. but here, here and other parts of the country that are more conservative too, that are conservative bubbles. I think that I feel like it's more just like, well, I'm going to find something to make you feel like a hypocrite about, mm-hmm. or I'm just going to yell at you. And that's, that's going to make me feel better yeah but th- but the division and the conversation doesn't change
2: yeah have you seen uh uh it's on hulu i think maybe netflix uh sarah silverman saves america or whatever i haven't okay she I, does exactly that she goes and yeah. literally camps out with a family in their house has dinner with them does the yeah. thing but then brings stuff up like so you know about this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know and they're like Oh, that's bullshit. Or, or, you know, they get into a conversation. And, and, uh, yeah. I mean, the dying, the dying art of conversation, which, I mean, it's all text message now. But, right. And that's what is
1: the power of the podcast. Exactly. We're doing good work here, buddy. We are. (laughs) 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 Yes. And
2: that's, and see, I see what you were telling me about. And I want to talk about, um, Tour Punisher because, yeah. You guys just started this podcast. It's a couple episodes in. Yeah. Tour Punisher is the name of the podcast. It's on everywhere, Stitcher it, uh, and, Stitcher all, and all that stuff. Um, which is like tour story. You were talking about like once a band that knows these stories that happen within the band. Yeah, is gone. Members are gone. Whatever the stories are gone. Yeah, it dies with the band. Um, I do this podcast as a journal. It's mostly for my kids because. Who my daughter? I just called a dirtbag earlier. Um, <laughs> when wow. I'm gone, yeah. they're gonna have. They already have. I don't know how many a hundred something hours of dad's voice. Who he's talking to? Where sure. he was at? What he was doing? That I. I mean, my music career. I was either playing guitar or screaming my head off. Sure, you can't understand a fucking word I'm saying. So they don't have that. Right. You know, I have my dad's voice from his radio shows, and he's still alive. But oh, when cool. he's gone. I'll still be listening to the Big John show at Christmas. Cool. But that's kind of why I do it on top of having something creative to do and yeah. connecting with people and, and friends and meeting new people. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what you guys are doing is getting bands together, members of bands together, and doing tour stories. Like, right. And it's kind of structured for like best, worst kind of thing, or mostly worst, like yeah. worst uh, meal, worst worst club, worst sound guy. Sure. like. Which is hilarious because it, th- those bring out...
1: Those those questions are kind of primers for like a yes. good story of like, oh yeah, then this other thing happened and then it kind of spirals. But it's hard to get somebody talking sometimes about like a bad experience or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you just have to kind of... Pri- but yeah, that's the, ge- the general idea is a little bit like uh, the tour, the stories that are amazing and the crucible of the van and the band and what mm-hmm. we had or have generally just die with the band. Yeah. And so there's hilarious things that have happened out there, insane things <laughs> that have happened out there. And every band has their like stories, and that's what makes the band the legend of the band or whatever that is. Yeah. Um, some bands have like a language. It's like a language of twins where they they know what they're talking about. I'm like, well, explain that fucking thing that you're saying. Like, yeah. What are you fucking talking about?
2: Yeah. Or games or things so, like that totally. that they played. Uh, totally. Oh my god, there's a game. <laughs> oh oh my god. What was it called? Um Black Magic. Okay. Have you heard this game no. before? Okay. So the whole I'm gonna blow up for everyone here, but basically what it was is is you know, two people are in on this and basically you say, you know, uh pick something in the room, uh and then, you know, leave the room, pick something in the room that that, you know, you're gonna that's gonna be the thing. And I'm gonna leave. You tell this person what it is, mm-hmm. uh, and then when you pick it, I come back in. <laughs> Anyways, the whole point of the game is black magic. Is it's the so when you pick something black, so yeah. you say, uh, "Is it? Is it that? Nope. Is it that? Nope." And you point at something black. They know the next that that person on the inside knows that the next thing is the thing that they chose. Okay. So <laughs> you can fuck with people, especially when there's drinking and drugs oh, involved. You can blow someone's fucking mind over right. and over again, and they never figure it out, <laughs> but that's the that's the trick yeah. black magic, sorry guys that's but awesome, yeah, anyways little shit like that to fuck with people especially bands you don't know very well or, right or things like that there's another thing with snapping where you would snap like uh, vowels, yeah, things like that anyway, but when you got, like I was saying we're professional time wasters, yeah totally. I mean that you have ten hours in the van. What are you gonna do? You're gonna compare nut sacks and see you know, the prettiest nut sack, prettiest peach, or whatever you right. want to call it, pear, right. whatever the fuck it is. Or, uh, yeah, I mean, what are some of the things you guys have? I, I, you, I know you guys did an episode as the Builders and Butchers, right? But there was a lot of you guys there, like tr- trying to get your words out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I it mean, would get it would get it caught would, by yeah, you know, yeah, Pubes McGee or whatever, and yeah. like hilarious names, but. What are some of the things you guys? I mean, you have those that twin voice, right? That twin oh, speech. Oh, to- totally. Totally.
1: Uh, we, God, what were we doing? We would do. We had like a ten-hour drive once, and we wanted to see how many hundreds of personalized license plates we come up with, uh-huh. like TMI guy, or just like <laughs> Rump Doctor, or just like really yeah. funny, like whatever. Just
2: making, not looking for them, but making, making like making up. a list. Yeah,
1: making a list and it's it's a th- it's a hard thing to explain but in the van when shit starts to get like funny yeah and then it starts to like spiral like we like so we got in a habit of this is something we would do and this is a little bit boring but like it turned into a couple times it turned into funny shit like we'd like go on wikipedia okay we're going to to Pittsburgh okay uh-huh. what's the worst thing you could call somebody in Pittsburgh so we would google that and the worst thing you can call somebody in Pittsburgh is a jag-off. <laughs> you, you've heard that on the East Coast, like a jag-off. Yes. So we're like, oh, yeah. We're laughing. Hey, you fucking jag-off. This or that in the van on the way. And so we get to the club, pull in, and there's nowhere to park. The only place to park is next door. There's an organ donation center <laughs> with five-minute parking, and which is like you have the cooler of the organ, and you run it in yeah. and out. And so we're like, we're just going to be here. We'll pull in, load the gear on the sidewalk and leave within five minutes. We can do that. Get ready, guys. So we pull up to, to get out and this guard walks up. He's like, hey, you know, you can't like uh, you can't park here. And we're like, come on, man. We'll be like five minutes. We're just going to get that. We've been on the road like 10 hours. We're just burned. He's like, no, you, get, you need to get it. Get out of here, man. And he's like standing twenty feet away from the window, under the window, down. I'm like, "Come on, man, please." He's like, "No, you need to leave the van right now. Get it out of here." And I was like, "Man, don't be a don't be a fucking <laughs> <laughs> And he runs at the van, <laughs> and so I like wind up the window and lock
0: the door. It's a wind up window. That's and as I'm pulling
1: out, there's this dead silence in the van, and everyone's like, "I can't believe you fucking said that to him, man." <laughs>
2: As you were saying, like starting that story, I was like, "Oh God!" And then you figure out what it is, and you get pulled over in that state and say it to someone of authority. Right? That's genius. Yeah. Fucking guard.
1: Yeah. Anyway, so that's like we we would pull up to. We'd pull up to like uh, toll booths and be like the toll, like, hey, what's
2: your favorite sandwich?
1: Like, or like,
2: who starts small talk? <laughs> yeah, with the fuck just, person that can't do
1: it. Yeah, or like, hey, who'd win in a knife fight between Kentucky and Delaware? <laughs> or just like think of the most random ass questions to ask people, uh, and just things that like are just funny in, are like funny in the van.
2: Yeah yeah anyway it's funny that that can translate to to other people because sometimes it can't like there's yeah. like these are fucking idiots man right like, right did you ever do mad libs oh yeah oh yeah. fuck yeah
1: yeah we did we did some mad libs i can't remember any particular mad lib moments do you guys ever play wizard staff on the road
2: no we played mad libs and got in arguments like fights over what could Was be an it. adjective nick klein created beverly as an av- adjective
1: like, as in, like, I,
2: I beverly'd. I, I walked Beverly around. Like, what? Like, he would, <laughs> he would argue this. Oh, God, that's good. To the death. And it finally, like, we started throwing Beverly out there as a fucking edge. <laughs> it that's just great. It, it finally made it. But we would get in near fistfights over fucking Mad Libs. Yeah. Because. It's, it's almost important. like be, it's almost like being in prison. It's like this, this, mm-hmm. these
1: two smokes are what I have. <laughs> yeah. And if you, you take these away, in my ramen, man. If you fucking. take these away from me, um, can I shut that door really quickly? What? Oh. Can, can I just shut that door really? Quickly? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. One second. One second. <laughs> <laughs> da da
2: da 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 da. <laughs> you really, you really shut that, Beverly.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I tried. <laughs>
2: See Joe Rogan does this same thing when someone gets up to piss and you just make fun of them the whole time, whether or yeah. Oh yeah, no, we just keep rolling. Yeah, that's the that's Man, the curse of the piss. three hour podcast. Exactly. It's like
1: where it's like, How long can you fucking hold this? Twice a week. Twice yeah, you piss twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> You're like a fucking camel. <laughs> what is wizard wizard what wizard staff is where you um this is not i'm going to tell you what wizard staff is and then tell a story this is this is murder by death's story um wizard staff is you buy hundreds of beers and then you drink a beer and then you tape the full beer onto the onto the empty beer and then you drink that and then you tape <laughs> so by the end of the night you you, know, you have like your staff. your staff and there's all these rules like that you you have to shotgun the seventh beer- uh-huh. which that's the f- most fucked up rule uh, and then the first two people to get to 10 beers uh, they have a physical challenge and the winner is the white wizard <laughs> and then like there's one where like at 17 beers you can fly and at 19 beers you can drive. Oh my God! <laughs> i'm just kidding um but this is the murder by death uh-huh. story that they would always tell and it was just hilarious because they were playing wizard staff in this hotel room and they're drunk like you know yeah and they're being loud and the cops got called and so the cops knocked on the door one of them opens it and the cops like what's going on in here and the guy's like Wizard staff. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Come on, idiot.
1: You jag off. And he's like, uh, what's that? <laughs> and it's so right he's here. like, Well, you you know, you drink a beer and then you tape the next beer to the other beer and then you tape you know, you make like a staff like that. Uh-huh. And the cop goes, Man, that sounds fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Could you try to do it a little bit more quietly? <laughs> that sounds fucking awesome. That's he was like the cop from Super Bad. Yeah. You know, just yeah. like
2: that. <laughs> clubber, no that way. sounds fucking awesome. <laughs> fucking shooting guns off. God yeah. damn it. I remember uh, the Edward Forty hands. Yeah, Edward was That Fortyhands was like a was, party game before touring, but Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've I've seen people <gasps> do major damage with Edward Forty hands. Jesus Christ.
2: Yeah. 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 Wizard the Wizard staff. Wizard staff. That's is amazing. A,
1: it's a professional band. Drinking game. Murder by Death. Wizard Murder staff. by Death. Yeah. Those guys
2: have some good stories too. Dude, this is genius. Yeah. This is genius. We had... Yeah. I, man, I can't even remember. about We There was one thing. Hollywood Haircut was one one game What's where... Hollywood Haircut? It was with Bear vs. Shark. Okay. And they started this thing where... You just walk up to someone and say, hey, that's a nice Hollywood haircut. <laughs> and before <laughs> before you finish saying cut, you choked You grabbed him and tried to choke him out. Whoa. So you'd literally be like, hey, that's a nice Hollywood haircut. <laughs> <laughs> and they're literally just like. like, And they would do it the whole tour. It was fucking weird. <laughs> it was weird. It was that. And then the other one would just come up and hit you in the nuts anytime they could, on stage or off. <laughs> that sucked because that made some anxiety right there.
1: We, we, we would... <laughs> whenever we're in LA we would like stop at a stoplight and somebody's crossing in front of us and it was a guy mm-hmm. we would roll down the windows and just go like LA guy LA <laughs> guy just
2: <laughs> serenade like, him with I guess <laughs> like, he's walking across the side of the thing <laughs> I swear, I swear guitar center goes to break goes to lunch at noon what the fuck are you doing out here dude the okay so oh my god we had, we had this. What was it? It was with Fear Four, March of Flames, Anatomy. Someone pissed mm-hmm. on our van. Like stood on, on the hood and pissed all over our van. Uh huh. I don't remember how this started. I'm pretty sure that's how it started, but I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And then, I think it was Nick took a shit. <laughs> In the toilet in the venue. Uh huh. Took the shit out of the toilet and smeared it all over their fucking van. Wow. Like the windows? Wow. They had a bad seal on one of those <laughs> windows and it was literally <laughs> coming into the van. They oh were my. really upset.
1: Oh my. It's like, funny. Nick when, always took it too far. It's funny when you're like, Doing that thing. Yeah. And then
2: you cross the line. Yes. You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that's not cool. <laughs> yeah, we literally had to drive 10 <laughs> hours smelling shit because wow. it was literally getting into the vents and stuff. Oh, my God. We had another one called bear ass. Okay. Bearassing assing was if you did something that uh, warranted mm-hmm. getting a bear ass in front of as many people as possible, we would tackle you mm-hmm. face down, pull your pants down, and beat the shit out of your ass with our fists. <laughs> And there were some guys that got into it more than others and were literally like Henry Rollins, the guy in the front of the crowd, fucking punching that ass. Yeah. And you're literally your fucking ass was, like your balls were bouncing <laughs> oh off the concrete because you were getting pummeled oh to your God. ass was fucking blood red.
1: Oh, my God. That's a different Bare time, ass. man.
2: It was a different time. You could yeah. do that in a mall parking lot back yeah. then <laughs> or a Walmart parking lot. That's right. Anyways, we're what getting was into...
1: your do you have a do you have a memory of being in a sleeping in a Walmart parking lot and like a bad thing happening?
2: Oh, uh,
1: like pfft. like, you know what I mean?
2: I had a few bad experiences in Walmart parking. The I one know. was my birthday in San Antonio, and it was the the crops in Mexico were on fire, so oh. all the sky was orange. It was Uh-oh. already like ninety percent humidity. It was like this blanket was over us. Like some of the guys, Nick Klein. I think Joe slept like almost naked underneath the van on the concrete. Yeah. And we thought we were going to die. But I don't no remember anything really bad happening. I,
1: we've stayed in... I've been circled before by like a cleaning of somebody just like... Well, they'll just drive around your van uh-huh. all night until you leave. They won't like say you need to leave. They'll just drive around.
2: Interesting. Here. We've had we had some uh, dudes. Uh, we heard gunshots in Houston, and then a dude fucking peeling out with no back window. Whoa. Uh but that was like we were still trying to are we gonna sleep here or not? <laughs> we used to have the Rand McNally Atlas. Yeah. Walmart made their own with the Walmarts on it. Yeah. <laughs> and we called it the Embassy because anywhere you go, any country or state you've never been to or city, yeah. the embassy is there and it's twenty four hours with a bathroom, video games, and food. There you go. So we lived by that. Yeah. Like Walmart saved our ass so many times. Yeah. As much as we hated it. It was amazing.
1: Hold on one second. Uh, you can come in. Open the door. Hey, darling. Good night, good night sweetie. Come and give me <laughs> a hug. Tell mama we're just about to finish up, okay? In a little bit. Give me a
2: hug. It was nice meeting you, Clementine.
1: Can you say goodnight? Good
0: night.
2: Good night,
1: world. Good night, world.
2: You're going to have some tour stories of your own something.
1: Yes. Can you go upstairs and meet with mama? What? What's that? Tell her we're going to be finishing up in a little bit. I will. I will. I will. I promise. Good night, honey. I am need to be,
2: need to be in all right. All right. All right. <laughs> Good night. Good night, Clementine. I will. <laughs>
1: <Princess> <laughs> they're delicious.
2: They're the princess kind? For the princess kind oh of loafers. Oh, my bofers. God. My kids only eat the extra cheddar ones or whatever, the orange. Yeah, the orange orange
1: is unnaturally orange. Exactly.
2: Um, (sighs) Okay.
1: (laughs) I feel like we've taken so many tangents.
2: We have. But it's good. I love this stuff. This is is, usually I'll make like two pages of notes Mm -hmm. just to do my due diligence, especially with someone I've never spoken to before. And I won't use them. Right. I've only had to use them one time, and I cut it off after twenty minutes because it was so awful. I said, hey, "Okay, then this has been great." Right. Otherwise, I'll just close the book. Usually, right. But I it's a have security it. blanket. Exactly. With yeah. This one, I didn't because oh, thanks, we man. have so much to talk about and we've known each other for so long. This is the, true. The piranhas thing, though. We the piranhas. Talk- I want to go back to the piranhas thing because it was one of the most intense, the one of the most intense moments of my life. I want battle hear... royale. Yeah. Yeah. It was in this house in Selwood. Yeah. Okay. Battle Royale. The movie. The movie. Watch it now. Pause the podcast. Watch it now. Come back to us. Crazy movie about kids in Japan, China, wherever it was, uh, are all given a duffel bag with one weapon, Mm -hmm. whether it be a cupcake or a uh, stick or a frying pan or a machine gun, Mm -hmm. and they have a collar on that can be... Detonated at any time. That movie's on the TV, mm-hmm. and you guys just got piranhas. Yeah, in a tank next to next the TV. to the TV, <laughs> and we're sitting there. It was after a band practice. We we're sitting there, <laughs> and all I remember is looking at the TV, going "Oh, oh!" when someone got killed or blown up, and then all of a sudden. Turning to the side say, oh, oh, when a piranha would attack these gold dump goldfish in there and, and the they piranhas just, would attack. It was like amazing. It was the it was like this, the, yeah, it was like this ultra boner moment of just like masculine was, power. Yeah, it was all testosterone happening. Yeah. I it guess was, it's, not as, it's not as amazing no, it's, as when it I say is, loud. It is amazing. But it was, you had to be there because yeah. it was literally like the most intense cinematic thing you've ever seen and then real life shit. Real life like shit. Like nature. Yeah yeah destroying these goldfish
1: and the funny thing is like that plot of that movie is like uh that's the craziest shit ever what the fuck that's a
2: goldfish's life yeah is battle royale exactly (laughs) it ties into so many things yeah it's so many things anyways but that that whole turtle thing when i was pulling up here completely just was like oh that's so flashback to oh 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 Um, oh like it must have sounded to the neighbors like we were watching like seventeen different <laughs> Dick Butkus highlight reels like just fucking oh my god oh Jesus!
1: I just drove by that house the
2: other day. Did you? Yeah. Okay. It seems it's still there. <laughs> I do drive by the 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 brick shit house quite often because I, it's easier to get out of that area than go back to Hawthorne.
1: That's right, isn't it? I mean, this is like an inside baseball for only Portland whatevers, but like, Portland is so that that area and division is like what is happening. Yeah. Here. It's, it's blowing
2: up and the Oregon Theater is still there.
1: It that and 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 um uh In is still there. Yeah. yeah so those are the two those are the two those. book bookends <laughs> of dirt baggery
2: for the middle yuppiness. And then, yes. Absolutely. And then you have Steam Portland right there with the sunroof where they're building a condo building right next to it. Like you could reach out and touch it and like hand them a so drink. It's so weird. It's gonna be amazing.
1: It's, like, it's weird how all this I mean, this is a whole other thing, but like, it's weird how this culture of creativity and whatever, blah blah blah, turns into that. Yeah, and then the creativity is gone. Yep. And all these people are like, "Oh, I thought I moved somewhere cool." It's like, it was, <laughs> it was.
2: There was a, the the tube downtown. Yeah. I don't know if you guys played there. Or not. I, yeah. Sure. Okay. They used to bus in yuppies from Beaverton just so it would be just get off the bus, literally, yeah. and hop in there and destroyed that place. Yeah, And I think that's what's ha- Like Once something's cool enough to become popular enough to grab some more mainstream attention, the mainstream eats it. It's like what you're saying in Seattle with the grunge movement. Yeah. And they signed everyone who looked like Nirvana, sounded like Nirvana, yeah. or anything hinted of Nirvana, signed them up, gave them a three-record deal, a bunch of fucking money. I talked to Dale from the Melvins about this the other day because he... Literally, that's all it was. Like you guys, you guys, you guys want of, some money to yeah. put out a couple records? Yeah, we'll do okay. this with money for a little while. Sure. Yeah, I think that's what happens. Same it's, thing.
1: I saw a Japanese. Eating I saw a Japanese tour bus parked in the middle of Alberta, and everybody was out taking pictures of hipsters eating ice cream at salt and straw. Oh, like literally, man. just taking pictures of people eating ice on cream on display. On display. The hipsters on display. The hipsters on display. Man. Isn't that weird?
2: Ninety degrees out with a beanie hat on. Fucking, yeah, totally. Oh my god. Yeah, dude. Yeah. All right, we need to wrap this thing up. It's this weird is, to we end we it to so this dark. Thing. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. We went on so many different tangents and like, I feel like we went a lot of places. It
1: feels good though.
2: Yeah, it's kind of it's it's exercising the mind.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's well as well as the
2: hips. So, <laughs> 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 uh, what's next for? Builders and butchers for yeah. you. You uh, got this great house in this cool little neighborhood. Dude. You've got, yeah. you've got your kid. You've got your wife. Yeah, let's a see. A badass backyard you're gonna be building on. I mean, what what when does that, the world have to see from Ryan?
1: I'm going on tour uh, a couple weeks to Germany. Okay, for for two
2: weeks with Alex. With from uh, <laughs> did you tour with Alex? Alex, the tour manager over there that rents No, all the we, gears never, we never. We okay. never. We
1: heard about Alex. Okay. He recommended us to our first tour manager. Uh, who it was... Anyway, he's a nice guy. Yes.
2: Okay.
1: And uh, and then since then, we bring our friend Boone, who used okay. to do sound for Portugal. Man. yeah. Uh, and he TMs and the sound, and he is the best. Okay. He's just on point. Uh, we're bringing our friend Adrian, who does a band called Autopilot is for Lovers, mm-hmm. and she's going to open for us, and we're super excited about that. Excellent. And then just a handful of... We're doing some festivals and some little stuff for the rest of the year, but... Um, i'm gonna start writing songs okay for another record
2: fantastic for number six number six that's right are you gonna release it on your own or are you gonna do,
1: we, do we, we our label has been great our last three records have been a, a badman rec- records out of mm-hmm. portland um we're actually playing their 20 year anniversary uh, they do like starfucker and mm-hmm. um they're they're great band uh great label and so i i'm very happy with them okay um and so if we put it out i'm pretty sure it'll be out on on them excellent okay
2: yeah. so builders and the butchers is the band uh and tour punisher is the podcast
1: yeah the um yeah that's and we're, we've been doing a bunch of episodes of tour punisher too there's a bunch in the can so good we're trying to really push that as like our our thing it feels like a very like dad thing to do now it's Dude, like, that's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> bands are a pain in the ass <laughs> yes, podcasts they are. are like i can do that
2: <laughs> that's a that's a good that's a good analogy because yeah i agree with you i agree with you 100 because especially the excitement around it i mean kids are getting excited about them but dads are getting dads are really especially that's something you can do and then go home at night
1: totally it's just it's like two i can get two hours a week and i could talk to somebody that i like and we can have good laughs yeah it's great we got our first beer sponsor we got our first sponsor
2: excellent yeah we
1: got a beer sponsor uh we're yeah i'm super excited about that
2: excellent excellent yeah. check out tour punisher uh, right now what four episodes in three there's, four there's three that are published another okay.
1: one is landing next week and then we just recorded one with our uh pals in the decemberists so that's okay. that was a great one it's super fun um and we're gonna keep rolling yeah okay
2: right on man well thank you very much yeah i really appreciate
1: uh this it's been really fun
2: awesome we'll have you on again for a part two because we got so much more to <laughs> so talk yeah about. we got like a whole nother <laughs> turtle odyssey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> travel by turtles yeah shout out i've never heard that band but that band name is awful um <laughs> sorry they're better than and, the yeah. name oh good okay all right thank you ryan all right <laughs> all right guys i hope you enjoyed that conversation with ryan Soley, my good friend from the builders and butchers back home in alaska Uh, We have known each other for going on over 20 years, it seems like to me. Uh, Seems like a fair assumption since we've been playing shows together and and all that. So uh, it was great to have him on. He was one of my original guests I wanted to have on the show. I like the first 10, but uh, here we are in episode 82 having him on but uh better late than never anyways the builders and butchers are still touring and playing shows they've got some new merchandise uh new record i mean they're just doing lots of lots and lots of really cool things so check out the builders and butchers on the socials check out ryan uh he's got all sorts of stuff up on youtube with different uh bootlegs and things like that of, of different performances that he does solo work um just a good all-around dude i'm so glad to bring him to you guys uh if you have not heard him already uh I'm glad you are hearing him here first. So uh, anyways, we are on peerpleasurepodcast.com, like I say, and uh, we're going to sign off here and let you guys get back to your day. So as always, we'll see you on the radio.